Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us. Don't forget we do this each weekday live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And if you ever can't join us for the live show, we're always available as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, basically, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some interesting headlines to get to today. Uh, we're going to start with a IU football note, uh, a famous, uh, or at least a grandson of a very famous person, Vince McMahon's grandson, Shane McMahon's son, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, is coming as a preferred walk-on to IU football. And we'll tell you more about uh, it's Declan Mac, uh, McMahon that is coming to Bloomington, uh, coming up here in just a few moments. Also, I saw an ESPN NBA mock draft, and I know that mock drafts are basically guesses, a lot like bracketology, but if you're going to look at one and you're going to follow guys that cover the draft, Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz from ESPN, to me, are on top of things the best, and we'll tell you if Trace Jackson Davis was or wasn't in uh, the first two rounds, the only two rounds of the NBA draft mock draft that ESPN has up. And we'll cover some other headlines today, a little bit more on Xavier Johnson. You may have seen it yesterday, uh, but we'll tell you some more details on his arrest from over the weekend. And also a couple local commitments here recently, including two yesterday uh, from high school basketball players that are going to continue uh, playing hoops at the college level. So we'll tell you who they are here in just a few moments as well. Later in the show, it's Thursday. That means Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us. Plenty to get to with IU basketball. We'll get Alex's thoughts on the transfer portal and some recruiting topics. And I know we continue to talk about Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and now add Xavier Johnson to the fold. I think at one point a week or so ago, I was pretty sure he would be back in the program from what it sounded like. But now with the other issues he's had pop up, who knows exactly what's going to happen with him as well. But we'll discuss that with Alex later in the hour. And then today we'll continue our early season preview of high school baseball today. Scott Hutchins, the uh, coach of the Providence Pioneers, defending champions in Class 2A baseball. And, of course, they'll be the defending basketball champions 
next season as well. Coach Hutchins will join us to preview Providence. They are 3-3 three and three very early on, but have played some really good competition. I think when it's all said and done, uh, this Providence team will have a chance to be very good this season and be a real threat in the postseason. So we'll run through things with Pioneer Baseball a little bit later in the show with Coach Hutchins. And that's the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a great time to remind you the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question for Alex, a comment on Providence Baseball, Anything else you want to talk about today, save that number. Send me a text. It's the Thornton's text line. I'd love to hear from you. And here's a, a new announcement for, for Thornton's, our great sponsor, Thornton's and the Louisville Urban League. They're excited to present a mega hiring fair featuring multiple employers looking to hire right now. Hiring fair will take place on Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. Come on out, 3 to 6 p.m., and don't forget your ID and resume. So if you need a job, and there's plenty of them out here in our world today, and some of them are really good-paying jobs, uh, check out the Thornton's and Louisville Urban League Mega Hiring Fair coming up on Thursday August 14th. And don't forget, while you're at it, send us a text, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. All right, let's get into our headlines for this Thursday. Uh, a famous guy, famous family coming to Bloomington. Will we see Vince and Shane McMahon at IU football games at all this season? Uh, just saw that Vince McMahon made his return to uh, the professional wrestling ring at WrestleMania over the weekend. I think he actually uh, took a stunner from his old nemesis, Stone Cold Steve Austin, which kind of takes you back in the day to when pro wrestling was still uh, pretty cool. And maybe it was just my age group, but we watched it back then. Uh, but Declan McMahon is coming to IU. He is from Poly Prep Country Day Academy in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, he has uh, had offers uh, from a couple Division I schools, but is going to accept the uh, preferred walk-on offer from Indiana. Uh, he made a visit to Bloomington in late March and is now officially set to be a Hoosier. He had scholarship offers from East Carolina and Fordham. And uh, his commitment to IU football has uh, spurred some tweets, even Shane McMahon tweeting, Go Hoosiers! Uh, after saying he was proud to be uh, the father of Declan. But uh, definitely, if you see his picture, he's got a IU hat, IU jersey on. You can see the resemblance to uh, Vince and Shane, his father and grandfather. He's a six foot, 190 pound running back. And uh, so, again, somebody that I'm sure is thrilled to get an opportunity to play college football at the Big Ten level and will do so as a preferred walk-on. Been a busy, busy week, though, for the IU recruiting staff. I was looking in general, 21 signees right now in the class. Indiana has the number 26 rated class in the country and number five class in the Big Ten Conference for 2022's recruiting cycle. That's according to the 247 Sports Composite uh, uh, rankings. So definitely some good ones in the mix. Definitely a job well done for Tom Allen and staff coming out of what was really a lackluster football season where there were some really good expectations, really big expectations for the Hoosiers. 
Uh, so again, kind of starting to think more about football, spring football, uh, and recruiting, uh, probably a little bit more important uh, for us here now that the basketball season is over. But uh, Declan McMahon, he's going to be somebody fun to follow when he's in Bloomington and see what kind of fanfare uh, specifically that he brings uh, around the IU football program. Also, I saw an IU mock draft yesterday. I think it's when it came out from ESPN. Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz were the uh, authors of that, the two guys that I follow on Twitter the most for NBA draft thoughts and projections. I think they both do a really good job in the first round and the second round. No Trace Jackson Davis listed. So it doesn't mean that IU is or the IU prospect, the IU players not going to get drafted. These things are not accurate when it comes especially to the second round. Um, there's no question about that. But I don't know other than maybe one place that I have seen Trace's name as someone that is likely to get drafted uh, in the second round of the NBA. And it's not like Major League Baseball and NFL and other sports where there are a number of rounds and it's not crazy a thought to have someone from a lower round work their way onto the roster of a team. It just doesn't happen as much for uh, NBA players. In fact, I think, and, and I've not went back and looked at this with any real detail, but I think you'll find a lot of times guys that go in the second round uh, normally eventually somehow find their way to a G League team. And maybe from there they get a chance eventually to come up to the show, or maybe they don't. So uh, going to be interesting to see. I think Trace has to announce he's going to declare. He has to get feedback from in people in the industry, coaches and scouts and others that you would work with during that prospect uh, process. There's a chance he could uh, get a chance to work out for some teams and possibly get an invite to the Combine. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, if you don't have any real positive thoughts or the feel out there, you're going to get a first or second round for sure opportunity. I'm not sure why he would not come back to IU and play another year with NIL out there especially. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, way too early to make any kind of projections or predictions about what his future is like, uh, but definitely expect him to try out the process that is for sure. One other interesting note, kind of to wrap up the college basketball season that I saw from USA Today uh, yesterday is uh, top programs in the country. If you look all time at some of the good college basketball programs, for the most part, year in and year out that have not won ever an NCAA champion. Obviously, I think the number one program that should come to everybody's mind is Gonzaga. Uh, you know, it would have been 25 years ago just unbelievable to think that they would uh, have been on a list like that or have ever been in contention for a title. Now we know that they're going to be a factor for the most part year in and year out when it comes to the NCAA. They recruit and have become a high major, and really I think they would be listed if you updated the Blue Blood list of college basketball programs. Zaga would be one of them. Houston is also on that list. It's not just because of the success that Coach Sampson has had there recently, but Houston has historically over the years, going back what to the 80s, I think, uh, 70s maybe, had a really good college basketball team as well. Illinois has been a number one seed four times and made two different appearances in the Final Four, 1989 and 2005, but has never won a national championship. They are on the list. Oklahoma is on the list, and Purdue is on the list. I thought this year, uh, going into the tournament, Purdue had a chance to get to the Final Four 
and maybe a chance to win the whole thing. Then, when the top seeds were defeated and they were going to play St. Peter's in the Sweet 16, I really thought Purdue had a chance to at least get to the Final Four and maybe play. I had Gonzaga-Purdue actually playing each other in my bracket uh, in the Final Four, and obviously that did not happen. The Peacocks spoiled everything for the Boilermakers and so many other teams in this year's edition of the NCAA tournament. But I thought that was an interesting list of players uh, that have not, or uh, of teams rather, that have not won a national championship that, you know, year in and year out for the most part are recruiting strong and are really good programs uh, in the world of college basketball. And a couple updates. uh, This is everywhere. I read the Indy Star article uh, a day or so ago on Xavier Johnson. A few more details. The police report that's been out, if you've not read that, it's available to find out all the details, the speed, the location in Bloomington, uh, the apartment complex when the the uh, police officer pulled him over that they turned into all the, the details of, of the situation, as you would expect. And one thing I don't know that we've mentioned on this show, but the police report names just an IU student that was in the passenger seat that apparently Xavier and he tried to switch places as the police pulled into the lot, uh, which clearly didn't work, or I think was that plan was foiled. But Parker Stewart was in the back seat of that car, and I guess he wasn't mentioned really, uh, he wasn't arrested. There was no re- reason for him to be mentioned by IU, plus he's an outgoing player as far as being in the transfer portal uh, so interesting to see uh, some of the details that uh, this police report uh, came. In fact, the officer, Officer Molden, he wrote that Johnson, uh, throughout the interrogation, said he was not driving and that he was not driving because he was, quote, drunk. So, again, that gives you a little bit more of the details there. So a tough situation for Xavier Johnson, and I think some tough decisions ahead for Coach Woodson and the administration uh, in IU Athletics to decide what to do here. It's going to be really, really interesting. I think I join in with all IU fans in saying it's going to be really, really interesting in what happens with the future of Xavier Johnson at Indiana because – his spot with Rob Finnessy gone is very valuable. He turned it up the last month or more of the season. And even more so, if he's not going to come back, Indiana is losing valuable time in the transfer portal right now because Nigel Pack is available. Uh, there are other – guards are always a plenty, right? Uh, you, IU needs a good shooting guard, preferably, a guard that can can stroke the basketball as well, that can, that can put it in the net. But uh, there are some big names in there now, and there will always be someone available. But uh, to get maybe an opportunity to get someone you want, the Hoosiers need to be recruiting at a hard level out of that portal right now. And that's hard to do because they don't know what's going to happen with Xavier Johnson. They don't know what's going to happen yet with Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. And so there's only one spot available, plus there's some stuff going on late with recruiting in the class of 2022. So I've said this time and time again this week, Really tough time to be a college basketball coach trying to manage your roster and re-recruit your existing players while also recruiting from the portal and from high school. But especially for Indiana, with all of the unknowns 
on uh, announcements from Trace and Race and now the Xavier Johnson situation. That has just made things a little bit more difficult, I have to believe, for Coach Woodson and the staff. A couple other quick notes as we wrap up the headlines. Kyle Potts, who played a great role on Floyd Central this year, he was outstanding as a guard on the FC team, really pressured the ball very quick, had a really good tournament, I thought, for the Highlanders as well. Uh, He's going to play college hoops, and he committed yesterday to IU Kokomo, which is in the same conference as IU Southeast. It's an NAIA-level program up in Kokomo, Indiana. Good coach, good facilities, good situation there for Post to continue college basketball, so good for him. And also on the girls' side, Nevia Bates from Jeffersonville, she committed uh, a day or so ago to Berea, which is a NCAA Division III program down in Berea, Kentucky. So she's going to get a chance to continue her career as well. Lots of players from the area uh, over the years have had great careers at the college level. We've had an outstanding number of players recently, all the way from Division I to Division III, NAI, even junior college that have done really well from our area. So hopefully Poets and Bates can go on to their respective programs and have some success as well. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Make sure you're with us uh, on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. If you got a question on IU basketball, Alex is the man. So send him in to us now. We'll be back with Bozich after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. My apologies, Alex is on vacation this week. I knew that and completely forgot. So Dylan Wallace is kind enough to jump in on really a minute's notice to uh, help us continue our plans to have our Thursday uh, segment around IU basketball and more. So Dylan, thanks for being a good sport and for all you bring to the program. Uh, Nice to talk to you here on a Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. A nice little switch up. Uh, you know, I used to, I used to work for for Alex at Inside the Hall, so uh, it just feels like I'm stepping right in, uh, like like my <laughs> when I used to intern for him. So uh, it's not too bad. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to start with this. Um, I talked about a, a famous family possibly coming to Bloomington for IU football <laughs> with the commitment of Declan uh, McMahon uh, to IU as a preferred walk on or running back for. Tom Allen and his coaching staff. Uh, what are the chances we see Shane McMahon or Vince McMahon? And I know we're just guessing here, but what are the chances we see some of the uh, wrestling legends that they are in the stands this year? I think Shane pretty likely because, you know, so there was this picture, uh, someone that I followed in the media school tweeted a picture um, with him and Shane McMahon from like March 22nd. He saw him in Buffalo. He's like, oh, I saw Shane McMahon today. And I'm like, wow. That's random, and, and he has like an Indiana football press pass on. And so I'm like, I don't know why he's here for football. Like maybe he knows someone in the program and he's just visiting. I have no idea. And then when I saw the commitment yesterday, I'm like, wow, that all adds up. So 
I feel like we'll see uh, we'll see Sam McMahon a lot around around these parts, uh, you know, for the football season, which is pretty cool. You know, I mean that that name is uh, you know actually you know very well known in, in wrestling, and and uh, I don't know about Vince though. I mean, he's probably pretty busy, you know, running that week to week product uh, with uh, with the wrestling. I know they just I think they just had WrestleMania a couple weeks ago. I remember seeing clips of like Pat McAfee and Stone Cold, all those guys made appearances and whatnot. So. Uh, uh, but that, that was really cool when I saw that it kind of made the the pieces click that that was why Shane was here a couple of weeks ago, um, and I, I would imagine him to be around uh, a little bit. And you know, hopefully his, his kid is really good at football and can uh, can bring that can bring a little bit of yeah I think he's a running back so maybe he can he can help out the running back room uh, in in the coming years here at Indiana. So I mean I, that was really cool and I know a lot of people had a fun with that on Twitter yesterday. Uh, brings a little bit uh, notoriety I guess to Indiana football. I don't think uh, Declan McMahon will have to worry about needing any NIL sponsorships, although somebody may take advantage of his namesake and try to get in with him. But I think uh, I think he's probably personally pretty well funded. Yeah, I would imagine he would be. But I'm sure people come up with some pretty creative things for him in terms of you know NIL deals and what they could do with with that last name or anything like that. But uh, it's, it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of see you know how 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 big of a how big of a player he can be here in Indiana, and, and if he, you know, he could become one of the fan favorites, something like that, because of his name, it'd be cool. I know, I know Twitter had fun with it yesterday too. All right, Dylan Wallace, my guest today. He's filling in for Alex, who is on vacation this week, and will return with us next Thursday. Uh, Got to get into basketball. I know we we need to talk about the Xavier Johnson situation. I'm going to save that for just a bit, and first talk about the latest version of the ESPN Jonathan Gavoni mock draft, NBA mock draft that's out. Still no Trace Jackson Davis, even after a really good close to the college hoop season. And really, for Trace, uh, overall, a great season, I thought, for him. I thought maybe he might start appearing in the second round of some of these mocks, but I consistently have not seen his name in uh, in very many. Yeah, it's, it's just tough because as good of a player he, he is in college, his, his game just doesn't project super well in the NBA, and, and that just kind of is essentially can be pointed straight to the jump shot. You know, he doesn't – he can't really shoot really any kind of jumpers around the free throw line, extend it out to the three-point line. He just doesn't hasn't shown the ability to do that at a consistent level. And, you know, until he's able to do that, you know, teams might not be too interested because, you know, I mean, unless he can, he can turn himself into just an extremely athletic defender who can guard on the perimeter, which I think he showed – some flashes of, but I don't think enough to be able to, you know, he could constantly be on the guards and guard them out in the perimeter. I don't know if any teams would show much interest, um, but I mean, I did expect him to at least, especially with what he did at the end in the Big Ten tournament uh, and a little bit in the NCAA tournament, just what he, how he carried the team. You'd think he would show up a little bit in the second round. Um, I know that's where his name has been kind of for the most part since he got to Indiana. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe he'll go back in and receive more feedback. Maybe maybe that will lead him to come back that he's not seen his name a whole lot in the NBA. Maybe he just decides that hey, I could probably go make a lot of money overseas playing professionally, anyways. Who knows what he's thinking right now? But uh, yeah, I, I just think it's it's not too surprising just because his game doesn't project well into the NBA. And you know, hopefully one day he can, he could kind of get that he can get that jump shot going he can find himself on a roster maybe he can go to the G League and, and develop a little bit more there um but I, yeah i mean it's it, it's been tough that uh his name wasn't at least shown up a little bit more especially in the second round you think a team could just take a flyer on him or something like that 
Um, but I, I guess we'll see what he decides and if this impacts the decision, you know. I think, you know, when you don't see your name like that, it could really influence you one way or the other. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that influences him or if he thinks, hey, the best chance for me to keep developing is to probably step away from college and get into like an NBA development layer like the G League or something like that. So uh, I'll be curious to kind of see what he decides to do for sure. All right, uh, Dylan Wallace, my guest. Dylan, as we learn more about the Xavier Johnson situation, and I perused yesterday through the police report, um, I, don't, I, I don't think it sounds good. I'm not at all sure what happens with him or anything like that as far as his future with the program is is concerned. But driving 90 miles uh, an hour in a 40-mile-per-hour zone, pulling over in an apartment complex, running a stop sign or two in there, uh, getting out trying to switch seats and say you weren't driving because you were drunk, but yet you've got the keys and the – in, in your pocket, not in the ignition or the other person's uh, possession. Just a lot of things don't sound good with that. Have you had time to kind of read through that? And what are your thoughts as far as the seriousness of this when it comes to his future at IU? Yeah, when it first came out, uh, I think on Sunday, I was like, oh, boy, this is, this is not good at all, obviously. And then I was kind of waiting for some of the details. At first, you know, you just kind of got the idea that it was, it was, you know, speeding and he tried to switch seats. And you're like, well, okay, that's pretty dumb to try to switch seats with somebody, just take responsibility. But then when you found out the information that it was 90 miles per hour um, around Walnut, which, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to get up to that speed. I mean, I, I do think the farther you go south, there is some, some areas where there's not a bunch of lights or something like that. But still, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a smart thing to do. I don't think the speed limit gets past. 45 or maybe even 40 around that that road either so um it it was just extremely irresponsible thing and i i you know i obviously i don't think he was over the 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 drinking limit in terms of when he took the breathalyzer but still i mean just to have that at least in your system probably affected the way that he might have decided to get up to that speed and whatnot and then the chance that you know trying to switch to somebody it's just all all the kind of things that details you got from it I uh, just weren't good at all. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what Mike Woodson's going to do about it. Um, I'm not sure if, if he'll he'll stick around or if he'll be kicked off the team or be suspended. You know, I I mean, I, I remember Yogi Ferrell. Well, I think he was – wasn't he – he was sort of arrested when he was like a freshman for something about trying to get into a bar under 21, something like that, or drinking underage, something like that. And, you know, obviously things worked out for him. He was able to stay on the team and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Mike Woodson decides to do. And we, we've seen him – have a pretty short leash on stuff. Uh, you know, I think the curfew thing, he, he suspended five players for, for a pretty important game for Indiana. You know, he, you know, once things didn't mesh with Dame Fife, he, he took, he got rid of him off the staff. So, I mean, he, he seems to have a pretty good idea of, of what he wants to do with this program, how he wants to discipline kids. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. If he wants to give X a, another chance here, uh, definitely help Indiana on the court, obviously. But uh, you know, when you, when you, constantly do things off the court that can can affect the team and affect your your ability like that i mean it's, it's just not a good sign so uh we'll see going forward but yeah the details that came out uh from that incident were not good um hopefully it's just a learning experience though i mean you know i mean i'm i'm recently out of college you know i've done plenty of stupid things in college i mean nothing like like that but still i mean <laughs> it it, ha- it happens in college you know when you're growing up and you 
you're off on your own and you probably make some dumb decisions here or there. So, so hopefully it's just a learning experience for him. Nothing like that happens again. But, uh, you know, I think everyone's kind of on the edge of their seats waiting to see what, what Woodson decides to do with him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dylan Wallace, my guest. Uh, Dylan is the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Normally he's with us on Fridays, but jumping on today here on this Thursday program uh, on uh, late notice, and we appreciate that. Texter wrote in, uh, why not Sean East in, in, in place of Xavier, in place of X? Uh, I'm sure you remember Sean, the guard that played with Romeo at New Albany. In fact, we had Sean on the radio show Monday uh, just to get an update after he was named Division I Junior College Player of the Year and uh, has a top six of some very elite schools in college basketball, most of them high major schools. Uh, I asked him uh, word for word on, or you know, a question on this show. I said, Sean, it's an IU show with a Southern Indiana tint to it. I've got to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from Indiana? And he said, not at all. Not at all through this process whatsoever. Uh, so I, I do think, though, that uh, with uh, Sean's game and how he's improved and he's a lot bigger and stronger than what people might remember him in his high school days at New Albany, I do think he could make sense if there was a need for that position, if Xavier maybe wasn't coming back. So I think Indiana's in a tough spot here because the transfer portal is moving quickly. Indiana's waiting on decisions from race and trace and now got to figure out this Xavier situation before they could possibly really start attacking strong, recruiting the portal for that spot, that slot. Yeah, exactly. That's a tough thing. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, we talked, I think just last week we talked about, oh, you know, will they go after Nigel Pack, who's taken a, a visit to Purdue today, actually. Um, and, you know, they, they. I don't think the report came out that they had much contact with him yet. And we're like, well, maybe it's because they don't know what they want to do with the guard position yet. They might have enough guards already, but now with this Xavier situation, um, they might need to go into the, the portal and get a guard. Um, and, you know, I actually do remember Sean East along with Romeo. I mean, you know, I haven't followed much of his college career, but you can just kind of look. He definitely looks a little bit more filled out. Uh, looks, you know, a good size, 6'3 guard, almost 200 pounds. I feel like he would be pretty pretty good fit to slide in, but, I mean, you always wonder, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, what – Woodson and them want to go after they want to go after guys who have already done it at a high level and want to bring them in with more experience they want a guy that's a little bit more improving that can come up and can make that jump and and contribute to a high major program it'll be interesting to see what route they want to do especially if you need to replace a guy like Xavier Johnston who um, is a really strong player really strong guard in the Big Ten that and he showed that a lot last year Um, what kind of prototype they want to bring in Uh, you know who could fit slid along slide uh Jalen Hutchifino, who seems to be kind of a, you know, a game manager type of guard who, you know, is projected to at least play a good amount of minutes for Indiana this, this upcoming season, or at least, you know, you hope he does. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they try to go after a guard maybe to bring in now. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like a decision needs to be made soon, um, especially for whether what Woodson wants to do with X, you know, with Trace and Race, whether they want to come back because, um, you know, Indiana's going to start making some moves here and try to get a team in and, you know, be able to have everybody on the team be ready to go for the summer, for the offseason, to have, you know, your full set of players, you know, get, get them to work out together and all that stuff like that, get some continuity going early because, I mean, obviously, you know, coming into last year was a whole new group of guys and, you know, they needed some time to adjust together and uh, you hopefully that, you know, whoever they want to bring in, they can get them kind of soon so everyone can start to gel together and stuff like that because, uh, you know, with, with with the transfer portal, uh, teams move all a lot, so you don't get a whole lot of continuity that continue from year to year. So you, know, you just hopefully you can get them in as early as possible uh, to kind of try to get that 
offseason working with their teammates and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with, with the guard situation. Uh, if they go after Indiana kind of guards, I mean, we've already mentioned Sean East, Nigel Pack, two guys basically from Indiana who, who could, you know, come in and help out. But it doesn't seem like Indiana's reached out to either of them yet. So I guess we'll see kind of where they go or if, if they even choose to go anywhere. And I think it all depends on what, what Mike Woodson decides to do with Xavier Johnson's discipline. All right, good stuff from Dylan Wallace. Dylan, what about Race Thompson? I think with Xavier unfortunately taking the spotlight because of his issues over the weekend and Trace, uh, obviously we expect him to test the waters and see what happens with this NBA process. Race kind of gets left out of the conversation sometime. I, I think the timetable for him – has got to be this month and maybe sooner rather than later, right? I would think so, um, especially because, you know, with, with some of the stuff where guys get to go, you know, participate in the M- and NBA Combine and stuff like that, I mean, you'd think that he would have a little of his mind made up a little bit more. I mean, I think I saw an article today uh, that, that Zach Osterman wrote from the Indy Star talking about, like, NIL deals, you know, with some of the IU athletes. And something that was interesting that was in there was that Trace and Race both partnered with, something called Turnstone and, and Stop the Violence in Indy. So they have some local ties that they're doing with NIL stuff. Um, and you wonder if that is a reason to stay. You know, you're, you're making money with them. You're participating in that. Um, do you come back another year and continue to make money off of that? And, you know, I mean, we've talked about it a couple times on this show, just about, you know, is, is the option to come back now that you can make money in college, is that more intriguing than going to try to make money professionally? Because, you know, your first contract, on the G League or overseas, I mean, could you just make just as much money having an NIL deal at Indiana, you know? So that's going to be an interesting thing as well for these guys. And I think Trace and Race both kind of having things that they've partnered with already here locally or in Indianapolis um, could be a, a factor in them maybe wanting to stay, you know? Um, so that's another thing to try to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I expect, I mean, honestly, I would expect decisions from a couple of these guys in the next couple of weeks, probably by the end of the month for sure. I mean, I'd be shocked if we get to May and we still don't know what race or trace or some of these guys are doing, you know, I feel like we need some answers pretty soon from them. Yeah, definitely. Dylan Wallace, my guest, Dylan recruiting is going to really pick up this weekend. The shoe circuit stuff is back. I think all three uh, shoe companies have stuff rolling this weekend and a couple of them are in Indianapolis. So if you're a, a diehard fan or you're in that area, you can get out and see some really good basketball this weekend. I think the Nike EYBL is down in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. But Gabe Cups, uh, Ja'Kai Newton, both of those guys already committed to IU in the 2023 class. Uh, their teams are going to be in Indianapolis playing this weekend, and there's going to be a lot of other prospects as well. So I know the transfer portal is kind of dominating uh, a lot of the discussion right now, but recruiting is really going to pick back up here over the next few months. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, and I saw like a tweet from, I think, a, a high school kid. I can't remember who it was or when it was, but it wasn't too long ago, and he was like, you know, the transfer portal is like ruining how, like the high school recruiting stuff, which to an extent, I mean, you understand it. Like people are probably going to spend more time looking at guys they can go get from other college programs who are already college players to help build their program they might look at that more than you know high school kids now and i can see how that affects them um but yeah i mean at least you know from Indiana's perspective they got a, a good amount of recruits coming in for you know this year in 2023 already um hopefully they can continue to build off of that uh hitting hitting kind of the eybl circuits and the aau stuff this summer um i, I sure i'm sure there'll be a lot of coverage uh, especially from the iu beat um from those guys 
Cups and Newton in Indianapolis this weekend, so that'll be kind of a, a fun thing to look at. I know, I know. Last week, uh, everyone kind of tried to tune in to, to Hutchifino, who was on ESPN Two or News or whatever it was. I think a lot of IU fans tuned in to watch him play. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get a good follow. Those guys are going to get a good following this weekend as well, uh, which is always good. You know, you always want you know the continued coverage of the guys coming in. I'm sure they enjoy it. I'm sure. Uh, the coaches still go out there and watch them to show that, hey, you know, we're still, you know, we we, we still want to, you know, talk to you and keep you kind of in, in, intrigued with the program, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see a couple new names uh, coming up this, this weekend and more weekends over the summer when the recruiting stuff hits um, because, you know, you still got to prioritize that. As much as the transfer portal can be, you know, exciting and new and a chance to get a proven guy into your program, um, you know, you still need to try to look at the high school kids bringing guys you can develop, bringing guys who are really good players that can come in and help your program, build it up, you know, that, that it can stay for a couple of years or even just, you know, be a guy that can come in and shake things up for a year or two. So it's still really important. And um, I, I think Indiana, especially with the assistance they have, uh, they'll still be pretty locked into some of that high school recruiting stuff. So we'll, we'll probably see a lot of names, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches in different spots. And uh, we'll be able to follow a lot of that probably this summer as well. All right, good stuff. Dylan Wallace, my guest. Dylan is the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He normally joins us on Fridays to talk about IU basketball and more, but happy to have you with us today here on this Thursday program. Dylan, we'll talk again next week. I appreciate you jumping in here today. Yep, sounds good, of course. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Back to talk a little high school baseball in our final segment. Coach Scott Hutchins of Providence Baseball will join us. Big year a season ago for Providence, finishing as the state champions in Class 2A. And they've got another good team, and they've had a tough start. 3-3 three and three are the Providence Pioneers so far this season. But they take on all challengers and are getting prepared, I think, for what will be a really good season when they get midseason form. We'll have Coach Hutchins with us to talk about the Pioneers for this season next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back here, final segment of our Thursday program. It's great to have Coach Scott Hutchins with us of Providence Baseball. Coach, we had so much fun a season ago covering your team all the way to Victory Field in Indianapolis. And uh, here just a few weeks ago, you had a chance to be courtside when the boys' basketball team and a couple of your key baseball players on that team as well won a state championship. Just an amazing run for your baseball program and overall for Providence Athletics. Yeah, you know that's um, that 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 run the ba- the basketball team had was so much fun because, um, like you said, uh, some of my uh, some of my players were were key parts of that team. We had we had five guys uh, that that play baseball that also play basketball, um, and it was it was just so fun seeing those guys excel in another sport. And um, yeah, we're on we're on quite a run right now. We're fortunate to have a really good group of athletes in our building. Coach Hutchins, before we get into the season so far in this year's team, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't highlight some of the players that you lost to graduation a season ago. Eli Watson 
down at Western Kentucky. He's injured right now, but uh, an opportunity to play big-time baseball. Uh, Kruer has been uh, awarded a, a spot as a walk-on, as a relief pitcher at Navy, and you had some other key graduates as well that won't be back this season. Those guys were a big part, that senior class, of what made last year's team so very special. Yeah, you know, there there's certainly some really big shoes to fill. Um, you know, David Newbanks is, is is also playing in college down in Hanover and Jackson Lorenz uh, is 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 pitching in college. So, we've got four guys and then that that's not even to mention Ray Reisinger who was uh who is as good a pitcher as, as we've ever had in our program, you know, last year. So, um certainly we we lost a lot. Um but we have a lot of we we bring a lot back too. We've got a lot of good players in our program, um, but they definitely have some big shoes to fill. Talking with Coach Hutchins of Providence Baseball, three and three so far here early in the season. As you get the group together, I know you've played a really tough schedule. I think all three losses have been to four A size schools, and you guys are willing to take on all comers. So it's been a good, challenging start to the year. Yeah, it has been. You know, I think one of the one of the real advantages that we have here is just where we're at, you know, just where we're located and the fact that we can play, um, you know, schools like Jeff, Jeff and New Albany and Floyd Central and Silver Creek, and we only have to go 15 minutes to play some of the best baseball teams in the state. And so uh, we definitely want to take advantage of, of playing as many good teams as we can. And, and it was a, it was a tough weekend for us. You know, uh, we played three really, really good teams and, um, but those that that that's that's what we signed up for. And again, you know, I, I really do think that uh, there's a lot of small schools that just don't necessarily have the bigger schools so uh, in such close proximity to them. Um, and so we're definitely going to going to take advantage of that every every chance we get. Absolutely, Coach Hutchins. Let's talk a little more about this year's team. Pitching is so very important at all levels of baseball, but especially at the high school level when you get to the postseason, that sectional where you need a couple really good ones to get you through the week. Take us through the pitching rotation, who's pitched well so far here early on and what you expect this season. So um, just just in our last game on Tuesday, uh, Grant Seabold threw great, and that was, yeah, that was his first – first start of the year and uh, we're going to have to bring him along slowly because he was a, a key member of that basketball team so he wasn't able to throw you know during the winter and the offseason as much as some of our other guys but uh, we got really high hopes for him and he, he threw uh, really really well on Tuesday night against Pekin um, so he's someone we're really excited about and then you know just some of the guys that we brought back from last year um, you know Cody Jackson uh, had a really great sophomore season. He struck out 15 guys in the sectional final and started uh, started the regional for us. Um, so you know we we we, uh, we are counting on him to have a have a big junior season on the mound. Um, and then Hayden Vissing got got a win uh, in in, our, in a regional game last year. He threw on Friday night against Lake Central. And if someone looks at the stats for that game, they would probably think he didn't throw very well. But we actually thought he threw really really well. Uh, Lake Central just just had a lot of bats in the lineup, uh, but he threw a ton of strikes. His velocity is up this year, uh, so we're definitely counting on Hayden. Um, and then you know Nathan Julius returns. Uh, he was really good for us last year. Um, and Noah Crone, uh, both of those guys are juniors that um, are going to get quite a few innings. And then we've got a couple of couple of sophomores that um, you know Luke Kruer is uh, is got some arm uh, problems right now, so he he's not 
going to be able to throw for us for just a little bit, but we've got really high hopes for him as well as as well as Jack Bile. They're uh, they're two of our harder throwers uh, as sophomores, and so we feel like we're uh, uh, we're going to have a lot of depth with our pitching this year. We're 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 searching for a guy that's going to be able to do what what Ray Risinger did last year, but in terms of overall depth, we feel we feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and when we think about last year in that state championship run, boy, Risinger. Uh, unbelievable his performances in some of those big postseason games there there's no question about that coach in the field and at the plate I know players like Casey Kalen who again just coming off of lots of success with the basketball season will be expected to play a big role and you've got others that are back and others uh, that I know you'll be counting on take us through your bats and maybe some key fielding positions this year as well yeah um so, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we, we lost, you know, four starters from that team, but we got five guys back. You mentioned Casey. Uh, you know, he Casey played shortstop for us last year and was really, really good at shorts. Um, you know, but the, the season started with Grant Borden as our shortstop, and he got hurt about four games in and, and missed almost the entire season. Um, and so having Grant back at shortstop and, and we've moved Casey over to second base uh, makes us really strong up the middle. Uh, which has allowed us to to move Cody Jackson uh, to third base. And so we really feel like um, we've got a chance to be really strong defensively. Now, through these first few games, we we haven't been as good as we would like defensively, but I I think that could be the real strength of this team. Um, Jake Rodsky played right field for us last year. He started – and we've moved him, you know, he's really a catcher that we just put in right field last year because we wanted his bat in the lineup. He's our leadoff hitter and he's catching for us. And he's, um, you talk about a guy who just had a great weekend. Um, You know, he just, he's so good behind the plate. He just blocks everything, just really prevents us from ever giving up any free bases. So we're really fortunate to have him back there. And then our outfield, uh, we've got, we've got, we've got five guys that can really play out there. And it's going to be a real challenge for me to decide who, who the ultimately the three guys playing, you know, Max Beatty, you know, returns and he was a big part of that basketball team and he was a starter last year in our outfield. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Jack Bile, Luke Kruger, and Nathan Julius. And then the, the, the kid that's been just, uh, great for us through these first six games is the freshman Cole Hewitt. And, uh, you know, he's, um, He's he's hitting it well um, and just uh, is playing beyond his years through these first six games. So we feel like we have a lot of depth, maybe even more so than what we had last year. Coach Hutchins talking Providence baseball here as we wrap up this Thursday program. If I remember right, last year, the state championship season, uh, because of the schedule that you're willing to play, taking on all comers and big schools and uh, whoever it may be, it really took midseason, even uh, later, later than that, to, to find a groove where this team a year ago became a state championship-like team. They just seem to really mesh together and get better as the season wore on. And I've got to believe that an early schedule, you're hoping, sets you up for that kind of pattern as the season progresses. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that's what we uh, that's that's our plan. You know, we're pretty intentional about that. Our season really turned last year on on, on Derby Day, so right kind of in the middle of the season, early May, uh, at a game down in Southridge where we where we showed we could play with anybody because they were the three A they became the three A state champs. So um, you know the same kind of thing. We we played really good teams out of the gate, and this weekend is no exception. We've got Silver Creek tomorrow, who's you know one of the best teams around, one of the best three A teams in the state. So um, yeah, we're pretty intentional about playing a tough schedule. 
Great stuff. Scott Hutchins, Providence baseball coach. Look forward to getting out and see the Pioneers play very soon. Uh, thanks for the chat and the preview today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Scott Hutchins, uh, been a long-time fixture as an assistant coach with Providence. Of course, uh, year one, the pandemic, the spring sports and baseball season canceled. A year ago, won it as the state championship coach of the Pioneers and back again with a really good ball club. I think when it's all said and done, when we head into sectionals, this Providence team has a chance to be very competitive and be one of the local teams that we think that may have a chance to, to make a, a path through the postseason. So going to be a lot of fun. Lots of good teams in our area this year. We've had a few of the coaches on so far with more to come in the coming weeks here as we get the high school baseball season underway. It's a quick season, April, May, Late part of May, you get into the tournaments, and then the, the uh, postseason is underway. That wraps things up for this Thursday program. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.